And the fact that I had to start over me approach things differently so that when we moved back to LA, I knew exactly what I needed to do and, and, and the type of uh, people I needed to connect myself with and the type of venues I needed to be booking for myself. So I realize now that being put in such a vulnerable position of having to start over was the most positive thing that could have happened to me. Welcome to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast with Brie Noble. Brie is a musician, entrepreneur, speaker, and founder of Women of Substance Music Radio and Podcast. Brie's interviews with successful female musicians and industry pros are both inspirational and informational. She also answers your questions about the music business. Brie is on a mission to help you create great music, connect with your fans, and grow your business, and to truly become a female entrepreneur musician. Hey, how's it going? This is Bree Noble, and I am so glad you're tuned into the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast, where we talk about making great music, connecting with your audience, and growing your business. Have I got a fantastic interview for you today. I'm interviewing Melinda Hale. She is multi-talented. She has made her mark on several different major cities in the U.S., and her music has been heard on a lot of different TV shows and indie films. So we've got a lot to talk about, but I got to mention this fun fact. I realized after I was introduced to Melinda that I was actually being reintroduced to her. A friend of mine um, that I knew a while back introduced me to her. And then I realized uh, after checking out her music and looking at her picture that we had actually been in a songwriting class together 11 years ago when she was actually in college and I was auditing a class at my husband's university because I could do it for free. Um, it was a great songwriting class. It helped me write my first album. And, you know, I could tell right away when I saw her in the class that she was talented, but boy, she has blown me away what she's done since then. So let me tell you a little bit about Melinda Hale, winner of the 2016 Hollywood Music and Media Award for Best Female Vocalist. Singer-songwriter Melinda Hale is a verified artist on Spotify, Facebook, and Twitter. With nearly 100,000 followers, the music she writes and performs is based on positivity and openness. She loves creating songs about social justice and using her voice to spread messages of love and understanding. And if you listen all the way to the end of this episode, you will hear her newest single, which is fitting perfectly into these categories of messages of love and understanding. Her song is called Stand. So here is my interview with Melinda Hale. So that's a little bit about Melinda Hale. So Melinda, is there anything that people should know about you that maybe isn't in your bio that's a little more personal and interesting? Um, I love social media, actually. And a lot of people have negative uh, views about it, but it's actually really helped with my music career. So I, I, would, I would dare to say that I'm kind of addicted to social media because I really do love connecting with people. <laughs> I know, connecting with you know, on social media is great. To me, sometimes it feels a little stressful, like everyone's expecting me to be on all the time, right. but, but I definitely agree. I mean, there's so many more opportunities now for artists with social media than there used to be. Absolutely. Well, I will definitely be asking you a little more about that later, but I want to find out how you got started in music. Well, I grew up singing in church, which I think is like the story for a lot of people. And 
you know, my dad, he was a musician a long time ago and he always would play records, you know, like Whitney Houston, right? Carrie, Stevie Wonder. And I just always wanted to do that. And I think what was kind of a defining moment for me was seeing Whitney Houston sing the national anthem at the Super Bowl, which we all know is one of the greatest national anthems of all time. And I think seeing that, I was just like immediately, I'm going to do that one day. This is what I want to do. So mm. I just, and how, how did you know that you had talent then at that point? Well, it's interesting. I've always sung and just be, music was always a thing since I was two. My mom said, I just was always singing whatever I'd hear on the radio. And I think I sang in church for the first time when I was five or six. And whether I knew I had talent or not, that I just loved doing it. So I think I realized that this could be a potential thing. I think when I was like nine and I started doing musical theater locally and in school and I was like, you know, this, I think this is actually something I'm good at and what I want to do. So I just kept going from there. So did you grow up in the LA area? I grew up in Santa Barbara, actually. Uh, Oh, you did. Did you know I went to Westmont? Oh, really? I did. Oh my gosh. It's one of my favorite campuses. It's so beautiful. It's beautiful. I know. <laughs> That's so great. Yeah. I grew up in Santa Barbara and I graduated in 2003 from Dos Pueblos High School. And then I went on to college and I graduated when I was 16. Um, so, and I've just always knew I wanted to do music always. Wow. How did you graduate when you were 16? I skipped. My mother <laughs> is an educator. And so she just I mean, I think I started reading when I was like two or three, same time I started singing. And it was always just my mom putting me in, you know, um, summer reading programs or just reading to us, doing workbooks with me and my sister. And she was just really big on education. So I owe so much to her because I feel like being able to graduate at 16 and I graduated college at 20, I was able to really kind of get a head start in what I wanted to do. Wow. That's amazing. So now at this point, do you consider yourself a full-time musician or are you supplementing with some other job? I am absolutely a full-time musician. And it's kind of crazy to say that because I have goals for myself yearly. And when I I moved to New York in 2009, because I wanted to do music and get a little bit into theater and to live there, I felt like I was working like eight jobs. I was babysitting. I was a karaoke host. I was a worship leader at church doing so much. And so then when my husband got into law school in Chicago and I moved there, I was like, okay, I want to make a goal that when we leave Chicago, that I'm going to be a full-time musician no matter where we are. And I was able to do that. So I would say for the past almost four years now, I've been a full-time musician. And right now it's about 50-50 me doing my own original music and then doing like corporate and wedding gigs because those do pay well. But I made the next goal that I just want to be doing my original music by the middle of next year so. I'm excited wow, about wow. that. that. That's a pretty lofty goal. Yes. I mean, yes. it's it's hard to, to be full-time doing your own music. Usually most people, like you said, do are doing corporate gigs, weddings, right. um, you know, has like a studio of students of some kind, vocal right. or, you know, instrumental. Right. So it's impressive that you're you're on your way to doing Thank that. Thank you. It's a lot of work, but, you know, it's, it's what I want to do. And I feel like if this is something that you see and it's for yourself, you'll do anything to make it happen. And I'm, I'm working so hard <laughs> to achieve that. So I can tell. So, um, we have a lot of struggling musicians that listen to this show and I would love to hear a story from you from earlier on in your career. Um, maybe a time where you felt like, Oh my gosh, like, what am I doing? This isn't working. Am I ever going to be able to do this more, you know, full time and, you know, maybe, you know, what you experienced and how you got through that and what you learned from it? 
there's quite a few of those stories actually, but I, this is actually kind of part of my testimony and, and the story that I, I share in um, a lot of my live shows. But when I moved to Chicago to support my husband with his choice of going to University of Chicago for law school, it was a city that I'd never been to. I had no friends there, no community, no nothing. And I felt like I was starting over after I had already built this kind of life for myself in New York. And I felt like I was starting to kind of gain a little bit of steam and figuring out the music industry and just in getting involved in acting. So when I moved to Chicago, I probably didn't even leave the apartment for a few months, to be honest, because one, it was winter, so I was just not happy to be there. <laughs> but um, I, that, I was probably one of my lowest points because I felt like, well, I thought that I was supposed to be doing music. I thought that this is, you know, where my career was going. And then here I was having to start over in a brand new city. And it was very, very depressing for me. And I really wanted to give up. And I'm like, you know, maybe this just isn't meant to happen because I feel like I, I have no solid ground. But the amazing thing that came from that was me figuring out who I was as an artist and the fact that I had to start over made me approach things differently so that when we moved back to LA, I knew exactly what I needed to do and, and, and the type of uh, people I needed to connect myself with and the type of venues I needed to be booking for myself. So I realize now that being put in such a vulnerable position of having to start over was the most positive thing that could have happened to me. So for struggling musicians, I would say you have to find the good in the bad, because you never know when that's going to be that light bulb for you. Like, oh, this is how I'm supposed to get to where I want to be, or this is how I'm supposed to move past this. Cause it's going to make, it made me a better artist and made me a better musician and made me a better person having to kind of be a self-starter. And I really had to challenge myself to be like, how badly do you want this? So I'm grateful for that hard time. Yeah, it's so true. We're never going to evolve if everything is just easy right. and obvious, you know? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So how did you reach that? Like, was it just a lot of soul searching? It was. Um, it was definitely a lot of soul searching, really a lot of writing just from honestly being depressed. But I, for me, I'm a very faith-based person. So finding a church home made a huge difference for me in Chicago. And then I just found my community. And what I also learned is that You'll never get an answer if you don't ask the question. The answer could end up being no, and that's fine and you just move on, but you'll never even get a no if you don't ask. So I learned to ask questions and ask for help. And people were way more willing to offer advice and kind of guide me being the newbie there than I thought. So eventually it just, because I started to think more positively, things started coming my way. And I, I am so grateful. I'm so grateful for that experience. So you did end up building somewhat of a career in Chicago while you were there. I did. I did. I found great music venues to perform at. I ended up doing some musical theater. That's when I started getting involved into acting and I did, you know, a print ad and some commercial auditions and some independent films. And it was just this co constant escalation of um, success there. And it, I think it's because I had to start over. Yeah. It makes you feel like, well, I can go anywhere now because I've started from the, the ground up. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what event in your career? And I see, I mean, you've had, you've won a lot of awards and you've had a lot of cool things happen. Like, is there any one or two events that you feel like have been pivotal for you? Um, that's a great question. You know, most recently I would say performing at NAM. 
Um, it was a huge deal for me. We got, my band and I got to open up the after party, which was great. And there were so many people there. It was probably one of the bigger audiences I've played for. And it was a defining moment for me because people were there for music. People there were musicians Mm. and actually cared. And I feel like there are a lot of venues that you go to and nobody's listening, you know, everybody's there for themselves, but it was really cool to be in a venue where people were there that were appreciative of music. So I, that was definitely a big moment for me. Um, what's funny in my mind immediately goes to, Oh my gosh, they're all musicians. They're going to be so critical. (laughs) And naturally you would think that, but I was just so excited. And just the reception was great. I I mean, when we got on stage, I was like, Oh, no one's going to be listening. You know, they're going to be drinking and whatever. Everyone's here to have a good time. But people were so into it and I couldn't have been happier after that performance. Hmm. That's cool. Well, this is kind of along the same lines, but is there anything that you feel like is your most, the most mind blowing experience that you've ever had where you're like, Oh my gosh, pinch me. I can't believe I'm doing this. Um, I think, well, it's not something that actually happened to me, but a friend told me that he was in New York and this was maybe a year or two ago. He was in New York and he saw someone in Starbucks watching a video of mine. And that was a really cool feeling because I didn't know this person at all. They were just like, oh my God, somebody's watching your video in Starbucks. So it's just kind of cool when you hear that people are discovering your music and discovering the things that you're doing. It feels like, you know, I'm doing something right. No, I think that's huge. Yeah. I mean, for people that are finding you that you don't yeah. know, you know, they're not your friends or your mom's <laughs> friends or, right, you know, right. <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 I think that's awesome. And it, it seems like a small thing, but I think for artists, that's a huge yes, thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, how has your acting career affected your music career? Has it boosted your music career? Has the other one, you know, have they worked mm-hmm. kind of synergetically? Well, for me, acting, I kind of always did acting because I, you know, did musical theater growing up, but TV and film was a new thing that I took on when I moved to Chicago, just something I figured I'd want to try. And the interesting thing has been, I've always found a way, no matter what I'm doing, whether it's doing acting, modeling, hosting, whatever, to bring it back to my music. So I've been fortunate enough that a lot of the independent projects I've worked on I've been able to offer music to. So, because I kind of have this business mind where I'm like, okay, well, how can I make this always go back to my music? Because music is number one for me and always will be. I just happen to love the arts and I love staying busy. So that's kind of where acting fills that for me. But yeah, a lot of the projects I've been able to lend music to, and it's been really, really cool. One of the independent films I did in Chicago or with a theme song for this web series that I'm doing now, we're using a lot of my music throughout that. So I think it's a really cool way to combine two things that I really love, but keeping focused on my main goal. And is that helping you get any actual income from music licensing? Yes, actually. Yeah. And, and, that's yeah. great. So it's it kind of, and that's the other thing when I talked about, you know, asking the whole question, the worst that could happen is no, I, I offer it. I'm like, Hey, would you consider this? And if they're interested before it, if not, then at least I asked, but I'm always trying to think of ways to get my music out there. Yes, oh, to totally. Extra oh, time, totally. You know? <laughs> the worst they can say is no. Yeah. So, you know, why not? Exactly. So as I mentioned, you've won a lot of awards, like a lot. <laughs> I mean, I'm like your bio is like, holy <laughs> crap, she's won a lot of awards. So I was just curious, like, you feel like with the awards that you've won, is it just for your bio or, 
you know, how do you use those to, to promote yourself? Do you talk about them on social media or do you feel like that would just be weird to kind of let go? Oh, look, the award that I won, you know, how, how do we use those in a way that's not like too forward, you know, too egotistical? No, of course. And I think it, it there is a, a fine line and it's hard to know, like my husband's so proud of me. So he always wants me to post like that. I won this award. I won that award. And sometimes I'm just so like, Oh, I don't know if people are going to hate me, you know, but I feel like when I figure out how to post simply because I'm just so proud that all the hard work I'm putting into doing this, into making this my full-time career is being recognized. And I think in any line of, of work, whether you get promoted or you get a, an award for it or a pay raise, just that little, that little boost gives you confidence that you are doing something right. So I think with musicians and with singer-songwriters, independent artists, when you get awarded, for your music, that's kind of one of the highest acknowledgements that you can get. It's like you're being rewarded for something that you did. Yeah, I totally agree. And I mean, I think that we should absolutely be proud of ourselves for doing that. And I'm, I was never, I was just kind of begging the question a little bit, you know, like, let's see what she thinks. But I definitely think that it's totally fine to, it's going to legitimize you. And that's what you need, you know, in this world of so many artists, you need something to kind of set you apart. And that's why I think it's, it's important. Right. So I noticed that you were written up in Forbes magazine up about being a social media influencer. And I'd love to hear, you know, some tips for our artists on the best ways for them to connect with fans, engage with fans and find new fans on social media. Well, there's so many different tricks and trades to social media, and I still don't even feel like I've mastered it, even though I am considered a social media influencer. But I, I've done a lot of research, and everybody, every um, platform kind of has their own rules. So with Instagram, that's kind of what I've been focusing on lately to try to build my following, because I have a pretty strong Twitter following. I do Snapchat. I have a strong Facebook following. And then Flippogram is another app that I use a lot that it's a brand new app, but I kind of got involved with it in the beginning. So I have a huge following on that, but Instagram, I've realized you have to use certain hashtags, um, at least 11 hashtags, which is crazy to me in order for it to That's be a lot. It is a lot. And it's just thinking of hashtags, searching what the most trending hashtags are, getting involved in those conversations. But it's also, we have to be personal because as much as people know, yes, you're a singer songwriter, you're an actress, whatever you do, you're going to promote your stuff people want to have a personal tie to you as well, because that makes them more likely to want to know about your music and invest in you in that way. So I try not to just post about my next show or my next record or whatever, but I share random things. I always take pictures of my puppy. Any picture that has my husband in it gets so many likes. I'm still <laughs> more popular on my social media than I am. Um, yeah, <laughs> That's I funny. It's, yeah, he totally is. He's like a little celebrity on, <laughs> on my social media. Um, but I think, yeah, building those personal relationships and showing that you're just a normal person, not just someone that's promoting yourself. So I'll even post like vegan recipes because I'm vegan and that's a huge part of who I am. So I'll post what I made for dinner. It's But it's like inter, you know, interstitching all those things together. You know, do a little promo, do a little personal post, ask a question, get people engaged in that way. Um, Facebook makes it hard to engage with people because you do have to boost your posts on your fan page for every, most of your fans to see. But um Facebook's still great for me. I'm just now really learning a lot about Twitter as well. I have a, a pretty big following on Twitter and getting 
getting involved in those daily trends are really a, a great way also to get fans just voicing your opinion or, you know, New Music Fridays, po- then you can post something of, of your own and people can find it through that hashtag. Hashtags are really key and it's kind of amazing and astounding to me how important hashtags are. Like, who would have thought? We didn't even know what a hashtag was probably five years ago. <laughs> it's true. It's just kind of the new evolution of like Google keywords. Yeah. Right? That's the way I yeah, see it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So let me ask you just because I am, well, actually, let me ask you this question first. Are you using Facebook Live? I have sometimes. I do. And I actually do it for shows for, you know, when I know people aren't able to come or in their different city or, you know, state. Um, it, it works great. I think Facebook Live is, is cool. I had a Periscope phase as well. And I know there's Instagram stories and Snapchat and all this stuff. So, but I think Facebook Live is really, really great. I do. Yeah. I love it. I use it all the time now. Yeah, I've but... watched some of yours. Yeah. Oh, have you? Oh man. <laughs> it's so funny when I go on there and I'm like, I think it's so cool that I can just go live. And then later on, people will say like, Oh, I watched it. I'm like, people were watching, you know, like I know I should know, obviously people are watching, but somehow it feels weird when they tell you. So let me ask, I need to know what is Flipagram? So Flipagram, it's only not even two years old, to be honest. And what it is, and it's a great tool for independent artists is that you can combine videos and pictures, but then you can add your own soundtrack to it. So that's been a really great promo tool for me because I'll make, let's say, like my husband and I, we just went to the new Broad Museum that's in downtown LA. So I made like um, a slideshow basically, but it's of videos of our experience in the Broad Museum. But then I added one of my songs to the sound, to the video compilation. So you're seeing what I'm doing just as a normal human being with my husband, but you're also listening to my music. So it's a great way for people to have the personal engagement, but also kind of do promo at the same time. Because people are like, oh, what's that? song that you used to make this the soundtrack of your little mini movie and then they see it's your song and then you can get hopefully some people to either stream it on spotify or buy it on itunes that is cool that's like it's like discovering a song when you're watching a show exactly exactly you know that experience like it has more of a visceral you know connecting with like experiences that you're going through with emotions and all that when you're watching something at the same time right right that's cool. Yes, um, it's really cool. so how with, with Flipagram, like how do they make sure that you're not using other people's songs? So Flipagram is actually one of the only social media platforms that has licenses. So they have all pretty much the catalog for like universal Sony Warner music and then independent artists can license their songs to them in order to have them use it. So that's what I did as an independent artist. And I do have technically an indie label, me and my husband. So they license my music through that. Oh, so I could go in there and make a flipogram with your music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And would I pay for that or nope. does flipogram pay? Flipogram does. And that's the. Wow. So how do they monetize it? So they actually don't have monetization up yet. So that's, wow. yes, but it's, it's going to be really big. I think it's only a year and a half and they're still really figuring everything out. But so far I have made a lot of fans from that. Oh my goodness. Now. Okay. Now I have something new to talk yes. to my academy <laughs> about. Wow. I had no idea. Okay. Right. That's cool. Yeah. I love when I discover new stuff on this show. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I wanted to ask you about your activism because I see that you really promote like several different causes. I know vegan is one of them. Um, some social justice, mm-hmm. how have you weaved that in to your music career and how have, you know, how has it affected your songs and how have you been able to use your music to support those, those causes? Well, 
I find, because I will say I, I am a very argumentative person as well, but <laughs> I, I have found that music in general is something that is so universal and it's something that everybody can relate to. And so I tried to take the subjects that I was really passionate about and turn it into a song because I knew that I would get more people to listen that way. Um, so it's been really positive to see and hear the response to the songs that I've written about, you know, my views on LGBT rights, Black Lives Matter, or just in general standing together, which like my latest song is called Stand. Um, and I love using music in that way because I think it's such a powerful tool. And I am happy that the songs that I've written and release that to the world have made a more positive impact than just trying to have like a war with somebody on Facebook or Twitter. Because um, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's easy. So over it. Right? Yes. It's easy to fall into that trap. And I, I'm, I'm a victim and, and I'm guilty of doing that. Um, I, but I know that music is, is how I should be approaching things. And it, it's been very positive. The songs that I've used to reach people. That's really cool. I think it's important. I really do think it's important for us as musicians to use kind of our power of, I mean, I don't want to say persuasion, but you know, like when we're writing a song, like we can touch people on a deep level with important lyrics. And, you know, that's, I think a responsibility Mm -hmm. of ours to use that in a way that we believe, you know, really stand behind. And that's why I I feel like I, one of the deeper reasons as I got older, why I wanted to be in music is because I've just always wanted to make an impact in that way. And I know how I feel when I hear music and I know how I feel when I hear lyrics that speak to me or are completely laying out a situation that I'm in and can resonate with. And I just, I want to be able to have that effect on people and touch people in that way. Yeah. It's an awesome feeling. Yeah. So can you tell us about your streams of income at this point, since you said you're, you're on the road to being full-time on your, you know, original music, but what, what are you doing to become a full, to be a full-time musician right now? How does that kind of stack up for your income from different things? So I, one of the things that I'm so bad at is networking. (laughs) (laughs) That's surprising to me since you're Miss Social Media. I know. And that's why it's very funny. But it takes a lot for me to to like want to leave the apartment and go to like a music venue. Oh, you're talking about physical network. Yeah, I'm pretty bad at that yeah, too. physical networking. But I have realized the absolute value in putting a name with a face and having people have that personal connection to you that's more that's more than just social media. So for me, it's been really going out, meeting people, taking those extra gigs, going to see other people perform, auditioning for everything because you never know what kind of connection you can make. And also, I spend hours upon hours upon hours just Googling and researching because I'm trying very, very hard to 100% treat this as a business we all have the music part in us, you know, that's, that's the part that comes easy, but it's really treating this like a business, making that spreadsheet of, of outlets that you need to contact, you know, seeing, okay, I'm going to do these 10 things today. 
and then do these 10 things tomorrow. And I think because of that and because of the work ethic that I have, it's, you know, brought me so many opportunities. You know, I found festivals to perform at. I found events where I can sing my music. I've found, um, you know, different um, sound streaming sites that I, my music is on that I am making income from overseas, even in Canada. And just because I've done so much research and I will apply for everything, I will submit for everything because eventually I know something is going to stick and happen. And that's been happening for me. So I have my music in a lot of licensing catalogs, a lot of overseas stream and radio play. And, um, you know, I, I perform as often as I can. I, I've made, you know, uh, friends with a lot of event planners. Um, one of my really good friends is one of the regional managers for Ma- managers for Macy's special events. So I've been getting involved with Macy's to do some things with them, which brings another means of income. And it's just really finding everything and applying for everything. And, and, and that's kind of all come together for me. Um, additional source of income for me, of course, I do do corporate gigs and I just do weddings as well. And I have my own music agency to help employ other people that my husband and I started almost two years ago. That's been great as well. Wow. So are you then booking those people? So I'm booking those people. I know I'm kind of crazy. I'm probably doing yeah. too much. So I'm booking those people and I'm booking myself for things if I feel like I'm, I fit for them. But um, I love also just creating opportunities for other people as well, because I'm very much so in the mindset, if one person succeeds then we can all succeed. And I, I never want to keep an opportunity for anybody. So I have so many talented friends that should be doing what they love and, and, but need to make more income. So we, my husband and I are crazy and we're like, let's just start our own music agency. So we did that and we've been doing that for about a year and a half, booking bands for weddings and corporate events and national anthems and just random gigs here and there. And that's been pretty good. <laughs> wow. I mean, yeah, that's why we can be friends yeah. <laughs> first of all, because we have the same idea, you know, yeah. all, all boats rise with the tide, right? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. That's so cool. So I, oh, I love that you're doing that. And yeah, I, I remember reading like, you know, that you consider yourself an entrepreneur. And of course I love that because that's the whole point of the show is bringing entrepreneurial ideas and strategies to musicians. And you're obviously doing that. I love that you're doing all that research, making spreadsheets, you know, the work ethic. I think it makes all the difference instead of just like getting up every day and going, Hmm, what should I do today for my music career? And like not having a plan. Right. Right. That's awesome. So do you have any uh, books or online, you know, resources that you would recommend for musicians to help them either with in the business side or self-development, anything that really stands out to you that was helpful for you? I swear by all of the do-it-yourself CD Baby blogs. Oh yeah. I just, I have gotten so much valuable information, so much valuable information from those. And I really try to do a lot of the things that they say. And I read all the PDFs that they send out for free because this is just free information that you can use. And the thing is, some of them may not work for you. Everybody's different. Everybody's careers are different. But if you don't take tools that are given to you and at least try them, you'll never know if they will work for you. So I, yeah, I absolutely recommend reading all of their blogs, downloading all the free PDFs and resources that they send out on their mailing list because they are very, very helpful and valuable. So how do you keep with that getting 
into information overload or, you know, shiny object syndrome or being distracted by things when you should be focusing on one thing? Well, this, the thing that's good about the CD baby thing is that they do have it kind of organized with certain things that you're looking for. So I, I do focus on certain things at, at, you know, one given time. I'm not trying to do radio play and photo music video and book venues, blah, blah, blah. I do focus on one career thing, you know, I would say per week or a couple weeks. So for me, I really just go to the resource that I need in that time rather than just kind of reading everything and then feeling like a bobblehead because I have so much information. Right. I don't know what to do next. Yeah. I know. And you can tell like anytime when new one comes out, if it's not about the thing that you're focused on, you can always just like, you know, bookmark that yeah. or keep it in a, you know, a spreadsheet of, you know, organized by the things. I mean, like you said, they have it organized, but sometimes you feel like, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose this. Right. right. Like, you know, don't worry about that. Just put it away for later. And when you're on to that subject, bring it back. Exactly. Cool. Well, you know, it has been so great having you on the show. You've provided so much value and so much um, inspiration. Definitely. So can you let everybody know how to find you on all your millions of social media channels? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I keep it simple. Everything pretty much is at Melinda Hale, M-A-L-Y-N-D-A-H-A-L-E. So that's Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, Flipagram. The only thing that's different at Facebook is Melinda Hale music, but everything else is just Melinda Hale. Keep it simple and keep it easy. <laughs> you are very lucky that you have a name that not many other people have. <laughs> yes. <laughs> As am I, but there are a lot of people that I know that they're like, oh, they can't yeah. have that handle all the time. Right, right. That is awesome. And, and then your website, MelindaHale.com? Yes, it's MelindaHale.com. Great. Well, sh you are in the LA area, right? I am, correct. So you guys should definitely go check out her website if you're in the LA area and go watch her perform. I know she performs all the time. Yes, I do. <laughs> Thank you so much. And we've had a great time talking with you today. Thanks, Bree. Now go out and make great music, connect with your fans and grow your business. Female Entrepreneur Musician has been brought to you by femusician.com and femalemusicianacademy.com with editing by Jen Eads of 317 Sound Design and music by Stella Ronson.
When it's something you're scared to witness And you're hiding what's inside But if you keep second guessing Whether all you are is missing What it takes to win the fight If you turn your back Then you miss the turning tide Chosen, oh, 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 to stand for something. 